We've got some hey, fresh I'm new Luis. young talent. And you're listening to the Content is Profit podcast. And we spent the last four years learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers in the world on how to create content that turns into a profit. If you'd like to learn on how to turn that content into profit, go to contentisprofit.com. Oh, yeah. There's oh. a surprise in there for you. Just yeah, go yeah, click yeah. it. Just click it, click it. That is right. And today, guys, yes. we're talking all about facing that fear of public speaking. Ooh. And Becoming a trust speaker. Oh, are we ultra speakers? I, I guess we have to ask I just, that question. I just riffed that off the top of my mind. That, that was beautiful. I know. I was looking at the cheat sheet and there's nothing in there. There's so nothing in that, there. That was good. Call me Louis Bryant. Who's <laughs> I know we got you. Got to come up with the analogies. All right, for, for those who don't like who missed the the joke, just go listen to George Bryan's second interview, episode right. one hundred three and episode one three zero. Wow, one hundred three one three zero. Mind blow. Anyways, mind blown. go ahead and subscribe. Hit smash that subscribe button so you don't miss those episodes every Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays. And go ahead and follow us on social media at BeastBrosCo. We would love to connect. Send us a message. Say hello. That is right. And if you find this episode impactful, the only thing we ask. Is for you to share it with somebody else. You don't know who this episode could make an impact in. That's and right. please don't forget to leave a five-star review. Thank yes. you. Thank you, guys. Ah, by the way, we've been receiving amazing reviews, so I thank you. If you left one from the bottom of my heart, yeah. And my heart, too. On my heart. If you want, take a <laughs> screenshot, send it to us. We might have a surprise for you. Hmm. <laughs> Today, another awesome episode. We partnered with Hotmax to share the stories of some amazing people that are shaping our future. People that are taking ideas and turning them into reality. These stories are meant to empower you to go all out and build a brighter future. That is right. And today's guest is absolutely fantastic. Her superpower hmm. is that of resiliency. She is proud of the relationships she has with families and friends, but most importantly, how supportive and embracing that community is. Yeah. I think that is key in every entrepreneur's life Absolutely. to have relationships like that. I 100% agree. She can do many things and has successfully achieved many career pivots. And when she told us this, I'm like, this is the first time I see a frame that way. And I would love to dive a little bit into it. She's very proud of it. Oh, and I her career like, pivots have been very interesting. Yeah, very, very interesting. Yeah. Yes. Uh, she can ride an elephant. And bowling for dwarves is a real thing. Just so you know, we're just going to throw that fun fact out there. Yeah, that, yeah. that, that was a, as a perfect hook. I know. Oh, that, is yeah, that me? Is that yeah, me? Did I continue? Okay. But, she was one afraid of public speaking. And you know, oh, now uh, she's an ultra speaking coach. Help. Helping oh. others think clearly, feel confident, and love speaking. Please welcome Shelly Goldstein. Oh, Goldstein. Shelly, how do I pronounce your last name? He definitely butchered your name, Shelly. Definitely butchered. <laughs> that was it. That sounded like music to my ears. <laughs> You're too nice. You're too nice. You're Shelly, too nice. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. Uh, I mean, everything that can potentially go wrong as a public speaker just happened in that intro. Uh, so please, we need you. <laughs> I don't know. I think you guys did pretty good. I mean, ultra speaking is about speaking without thinking, and you guys did it on the fly, and it sounded like it really was well planned so i think you are ultra speakers and you don't even realize it uh, wow thank you thank so you. much that, i mean just for you listening just uh, that was all planned a hundred percent a hundred percent shelly you're so nice and you know 
Not only that, but you also have a pretty awesome story. You know, we talked a little bit during the PodMax event, right? We chat a little about your background. But today, you threw one that we were not <laughs> expecting at all, yes. right? When we were talking about the, the, the bowling for dwarves. And we're like, wait, wait, wait. Where is that? Where does that come from? So what about we go back a little bit and we, you know, discover together with the audience who is Shelly Goldstein? Oh, that's a question and a journey I am still working on. But I can go back to the to the <laughs> bowling scenario for sure. You know, you mentioned that I've had a lot of pivots in my career and resiliency is really, you know, so many people say that that's what helps me propel forward. I mm. always have an opportunity or see an opportunity. No matter what door closes, another one tends to open. Early on in my career, I worked for Ringling Brothers as a costume designer. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge show. It's a spectacle. There's animals, there's clowns, there's laughter, there's dancing, there's oohs and ahs and fear. But there's a lot going on behind the scenes too. Circus people have a great life that they've created. Talk about a community and talk about having purpose and having a dedication to a craft. Yeah, These people practiced all day and all night. And when they weren't practicing, they were performing. So there was a lot going on on off hours when they were not put in those rings. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what a fun experience. So I, like, how, how do you end it up there? And then how that experience has been helping you move forward from, you know, your life and, and, and now into public speaking. That was such a good question. She's still, I think that, Oh, there we go. I we think got we got you back. back. We got you back, Shelly. <laughs> yeah. You, I, I'm going to put this out there for the audience, right? Shelly warned us that in California, there has been some outages and the internet is going down sometimes. So, that could happen throughout the show, but it's totally okay. We, we got you. Exactly. Yeah, we got you. I said, were you? Do you have a chance to listen to my question, or were you just ignoring me? <laughs> I was. I was. I was not intentionally ignoring. You. I just couldn't hear you. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, so I, I bring the dad jokes to the show clearly. Uh, so my question was like, how how do you get to the circus, right? Like that's that's such a uh, in my eyes that's probably not a normal thing was this plan where it's just like you know i'm following my passion and then how did that experience help you now craft you know your thing now which is public speaking wow you know that is a good like how does anybody end up at the circus how, how does anybody end up anywhere my entire career journey has been not planning to be where i ended up mm-hmm. and it's like you look one way and you end up being in another place in time. And I was a young costume designer. I got a job for one of the biggest costume companies in New York City called Eve's Costume Company. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe they're around anymore. But one of their contracts was for Ringling Brothers and the Ice Show. And Mm -hmm. I started by modeling the costumes for the Ice Show. So if it was Snow White, I got to wear the witch's costume and I got to wear the, you know, Snow White's costume. And I would model it for the owners. And we built such a relationship because I had fun with them. You know, I'd yeah. act out the characters just just because it was <laughs> fun. And we built a relationship and they knew about my background. And when an opportunity came up, they uh, offered me an, uh, a job to design ring, to design the circus, which was 
a dream come true yeah. for a young designer because at that time there was just crazy, crazy, crazy budget. Yeah. Uh, the circus was thriving. Um, and your imagination can run as wild as you want it to. Yeah. So, you know, I was an associate. I worked with my mentor who also brought me there and it was just a great experience. I mean, how can you not have fun when there's clowns and <laughs> yes. animals and yeah, everything's colorful. Absolutely. And, and there is such a, there is such a great lesson in that story because you said you had your job with another company and you were having fun while dealing with them as clients and you got, and you were delivering consistently, you know, consistently showing up with a good attitude. And that's how we should go throughout life. And you, you mentioned not planning. Okay. You said I end up, how, how did I phrase this? I, I, I forgot the exact phrase. So I'm paraphrasing in here, but is you, you didn't plan where you end up at the moment, right? And when you face these situations, right, always with a with a positive attitude, I feel like regardless of your plan, new opportunities are going to arise and then you're going to be able to take advantage of them. And I think that's what happened to you. You had such a good attitude working with them that when an opportunity opened yeah. in there, they said like, hey, you know, she is the best fit for this. Like now we have this established relationship. We've been working together for a while. So it's such an important lesson because sometimes we just get carried away. You know, we just go through the motions and we're like, oh, yeah, I have to do this and that. But we don't know who we're actually influencing or what decisions we're influencing throughout the day when we act that way. So let's try to show up consistently with a positive attitude. Yeah. And who knows where we're going to end up? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, planning, planning is important. I am a planner. Don't get me wrong. I ha I'm a list maker. <laughs> I check it off. And th that's important, too. But sometimes you just have, you know, we plan, plan, plan. And things don't always happen. We're working. We're pushing. Maybe we're trying yeah. too hard. I don't know. Yeah. But sometimes when you just kick it back, the world, the energy, things just come into your lap. And I'm a curious person, so I'm going to go, yeah, let's check it out. You mm -hmm. know, really, what yeah. what are the alternatives? You don't yeah. know if you don't try. So resiliency, positive attitude is absolutely what has gotten me along the way. And I have really enjoyed so many of my career choices through the years because I was there because I really wanted to be there. Yeah. So what would you say to somebody that might be – petrified for making a, a choice like that right you made the choice that you want to be positive be resilient be like hey i'm gonna go try it out see what happens right uh i i was in a stage in in my life a few years back that i was really scared to make some decisions right so so i can i can feel it there and we grew up playing soccer that was our dream and i remember like when when i was going to italy i was 15 actually 14 Uh, not knowing the language, uh, I had an opportunity to go play there for a year. We were gonna be in like this little town, 25,000 people. I know, no, I knew nobody. Uh, we were gonna fly into Rome, and then this guy was gonna drive me for hours. So everything stuck like against me to go into this experience, right? And I was petrified. And because my dream was so, so big and I was so, so close. That's what kind of pushed me over and be like, okay, because I remember landing in Italy and staying sitting down in the plane and be like, 
I just want to go back. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm so scared, right? So, and I feel like that was from obviously my specific case, but some people might look at their life decisions, right? Or the scenarios that are in front of them or an opportunity that comes across and they might feel the same way. So how do you go about changing your mindset and accepting that that might be the way that you feel, but how do you move forward? You know... When we don't take chances, we limit our growth. We don't have all the answers. We're not born with all the answers. And it's good to constantly be searching for different answers and different options, trying new foods, mm. trying new styles of clothing. You know, look, a year ago, we were running around having normal lives. And all of a sudden, this big pandemic hits the planet And we were forced to change. Mm. So we didn't have time necessarily to ha address our fears, but we're all here almost a year later and we're making lemonade out of lemons. So fear is paralyzing. And I know it's easy to say, hey, don't be fearful, but let me put this out there. You know, when you're with a group of friends and you're having a dinner party, let's say, in the old days, and you're enjoying it, and people start making jokes, and they start saying things that are funny, and all of a sudden, you had a really fun time because everybody was just laughing, and things just kept happening through the evening. Have you ever experienced that? Yeah, yeah, many times. Okay, so those are wonderful surprises, right? You didn't yeah. plan it, and you didn't have any fear going into it. What was there to be fearful of? But if you had gone into that party or that room of friends and you were nervous, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? Do I do I have that, you know, do I make that joke? Am I going to offend somebody? You don't think like that. You just throw caution to the wind and your life unfolds with friends and your relationships get deeper with your friends, with your family. Why not at work? Not Why not approach your career the same way? Yeah. See what's going to happen. And obviously there's there's a protocol to certain things, but for the most part, ask that boss for the increase in, in pay. Ask for a, an opportunity to, to expand your abilities in the company and do something or leave the company and do something completely different altogether, which is what a lot of us, again, did a year ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like this is amazing, obviously, like, There's a, a book by Ryan Holiday is The Obstacles Away, right? Just like lean into those awkward situations, right? Just like, and yesterday we were talking to George Bryant and he just moved to Montana and he was making the reference that the bison is the only animal that when a storm is coming, they just run straight through because it's the, the fastest path right towards the end of the storm, which it is super cool. Now we're all hashtag be the bison. Team Bison. Team Bison. Yeah. Uh, so if you guys want to be in the Team Bison, let us know. But it, it, it goes with what you're saying, right? It's like yeah. fear, it is paralyzing. But at the same time, we need to learn how to take action, deal with it, and embrace the uncertainty, right? Like we don't know the, the future. And we can either decide because we have that the, the power of choosing whether we are going to be paralyzed by fear or whether we're going to take action, right? Accept that, yes, there is fear, but we can take action as well. And this actually takes me back to a conversation the other day where you were sharing a little bit about your story. And I know you had a little bit of fear of speaking, right? And I, I think somewhere in your career with the circus, 
uh, that that showed up in a in a way. So how, how did you do to lean into that fear of public speaking and what changed in you or what made you decide I got to lean into this and move towards, you know, ultra speaking, teaching people how to, you know, share their voice? Well, I love how you said share their voice because we all have a voice and it's worth hearing. There's an audience for all of us. Not everybody wants to hear what we have to say, but there is an audience out there. One of the things I realized was vulnerability was really a part of it. When I started sharing some personal stories that weren't the best stories, it wasn't all about accomplishments and achievements. It was about setbacks and times where I was really hurt or something didn't go right. And people would connect with me on that. They would lean in and say, wait a minute, I went through that too, or I had this happen to me. And we normalized or opened up our world to say, this happens to, this isn't just me, it's happening to a few people, mm -hmm. many people. And it creates a different type of bond. Mm, yep. So what's interesting, when you take that, when you ex are expressive and you're, and you realize that you're not the only one, it helps empower you. And yeah. then you realize that we can help each other. We can build that community. I talk about my community of friends and family, especially in times like these. Well, you know, you talked about PodMax and ultra speaking. Those are very supportive communities based yeah. on the same thing, but it's work-related in a sense. Yeah. And look how we can do that because people are expressing themselves and sharing some really poignant, important parts of their life. And there's an audience for all of us. Yeah. Makes it interesting. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you remember the first time that you public spoke? Is that how you say it? That, that, that you publicly, publicly spoke? spoken? No. <laughs> okay. Our right. English is clearly very good looking. The first time you spoke publicly bam yes that, that sounds correct that sounds bam. correct <laughs> got bam. it got it like well, fifth time right, right. <laughs> technically it was i mean i've been we all speak we're all public speaking even if we speak to three people we're public speaking yeah but when i was on a stage in college and i had to perform a soliloquy I froze on stage and mm. nothing came out of my mouth. Mm. And that was really traumatizing, so much so. And I loved the theater. I loved performing. I would have loved to have been a stage performer and a singer and all kinds of great things. But I did not have the cajones to pull it off, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I became so traumatized. Yeah. I ended up becoming a costume designer because I loved clothing as well. And I could dress the persona of these characters, still be engaged in theater, but I could hide behind the cloth. Oh, wow. I could live vicariously through the actors on stage and help create the identity and the personality. Yeah. That was pretty much the first time. Oh, oh man. Wow. I, I, I remember my first time 
Kind of. <laughs> Speaking of Fonzie, wow, where's your mind going, man? Oh, is the conversation changing? Wow. Yeah, Fonzie. Wow, what a, what, what a curveball you're throwing over there. <laughs> wow, Fonzie. Okay, so so here's the thing. So I, I feel like I've been very outgoing most of my life, right? Like, I, I feel like I, I'm the guy that walks into the party and says hi to everybody and, and you know, and, and have a good time. And I have no issue being in front of a crowd and, and sharing. Clearly, this is why we do the show, right? But here's the thing. When I came to the States in 2010, I go. To, I went to college and we had this public speaking class and I'm like, I'm going to crush this. This is my class, right? And imagine if I have an accent now, 10 years later, imagine, you know, eight years, years ago, right? Uh, it was because <laughs> this was my, Fonzie, no, this is sophomore year. Come on. <laughs> no, I'm just what? You got this? Okay. Control yourself. Here we go. All right. So anyways, I'm in this class. I'm like, this is going to be an ECA. I'm going to crush this thing. I'm going to in there. Right? So first class, the professor goes, like, hey, you know, for next next class, you need to bring a three-minute speech on whatever you want. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be so easy. I'm going to I'm gonna talk about Venezuela. Why are you laughing? I don't know. For, you lis- <laughs> for, you li- uh, for the listeners, Fonzie's oh cracking up. Man. He's just making fun of me. He loves to make fun of me. Anyways, <laughs> so like three minutes about anything that you want, right? So I'm like, okay, sweet. But I'm going to talk about Venezuela. You know, last time we spoke, Shelly, we talked about Venezuela, mm-hmm. which is so, so awesome, right? So I basically, my slides were pictures of Venezuela, of places and food and stuff that I've lived, obviously, in my first 18 years of, of life. And then I was just going to share that. The trick was, or yeah, the trick on, like, on me was that they're going to count the ums and the ahs, right? And whenever we're speaking publicly, this is such a topic for some reason. So anyways, I get up on the stage and I start engaging and I'm like sharing whatever it is on the slide and I'm telling this story, right? And they have one student counting the ums and the ahs. And then at the end of the speech, the professor is like, oh my God, well, thank you for sharing all of that. That was kind of cool. And it's like, it turns around to the student that, how many ums and ahs? And the guy was like, like a hundred. <laughs> and literally I was like a hundred ums and ass in three minute conversation. Right. And completely failed the assignment because that's how they were grading it. So from that moment on in my head, that, that was, that's a gut punch to my ability to public speak because I'm like, crap, I thought I was, I was good at this, but clearly because of these standards that I don't know who put those standards on, uh, I am not. So that caused like this internal conversation in my head that prevented me to fully engage 100% on how I was able to publish. Now, many years later, we now have a podcast, we do it live, we make mistakes, Fonsi laughs about my mistakes all the time. And <laughs> so, and, and honestly, today, I do not care. I'm just going to go at it, I'll be myself, and so on like that. But it took me years to accept that, right? So do you ever have an experience like that with you or with your students? And what are your comments on something like that? That sounds like a pretty intense scenario. And yes, I hear about it all the time, ums and ahs. And let's think about that. I mean, why are we using ums and ahs? They're filler words. Mm -hmm. Are they giving us time to think? Mm -hmm. Are they part of who we are? Mm -hmm. Are they part of our character and our personality? Is it to the point where we're saying them and it's annoying? We can digest all of that, mm. but when you're working on public speaking, there are so many other things you could work on to promote yourself as an individual and really just pace yourself, work with your 
timing and pauses mm. and the words will come and the ums will be there if they're meant to be or they will fade away over time yes. sometimes we don't focus on them and they will go away mm. so there's a little bit of yeah you can use them and yeah you don't want to use them based on who you are and what your personality is and we don't ever want to take that away from anybody their individuality yeah uh, that's such a powerful answer thank you yeah and I, personally you know it, as long as it's not stopping you from sharing your message right because a lot of the things get in people's heads like my brother said and then it caused like this irrational fear of expressing yourself of putting yourself out there and now you're thinking oh everybody's going to be counting my my ums and as or whatever and it's not like that right we never know what the other person on the other side is experiencing experience unless they actually tell us and give us feedback and most of the time people will be surprised mm -hmm. they actually don't really care about it right I am now used to my brother's arms and ins and ins or whatever you want to call them. I feel them. like I don't say them that much anymore. I, once in a while, once they, they a come while. out. But, <laughs> but it's okay because I'm, I'm like, that is his personality. That is how he speaks. And personally, not because he's my brother and I'm biased or anything, but I think he communicates pretty well. Oh, he, thank he, you. Thank he you. does some good statements, some pretty bad jokes, but it's totally okay, right? <laughs> he doesn't let that get, get out to his head and he keeps sharing his message, which is what's important. But below that, you know, right? Like I feel like some layers deeper is a fear of rejection in a way. Getting in front and, you know, having the fear of people saying i don't like you or i don't want to listen to you anymore how do you deal with such a fear because that is one of i would say most people's root fear everybody wants to belong so how do you deal with that fear of rejection so then you can speak your words to, to belong or be long you see what i'm talking about the bad jokes <laughs> you see what i'm talking about the bad jokes <laughs> shelly's laughing by the way for those listening <laughs> Sorry, Shelly, go ahead. Oh, I think you're, you're a bad joke. Got her. Oh, she's still laughing. I don't know what's That's happening. That's great. Something's oh. Somebody. Oh, Somebody's laughing somewhere. <laughs> we got you back. We, we can hear you now. We got you back. Yeah, I was saying somebody's laughing somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you paused the video because you were laughing so hard. That's what happened. <laughs> I break it every time. I break the internet every time, without a doubt. You know, it's really interesting. If I was to ask you to give your 10-year-old self it's about a shit the thing with the arms thought you're where you are today what would you what would you tell yourself it, it cut off a little bit when you when you asked the question so what would i ask my 10-year-old self yeah like a, tra a, a traumatic time like I, i know your brother was talking about his oz did you have a moment like you fell off your bike or there was a humiliating scenario or what what Can you can you think of one? I can think of two of his <laughs> humiliating moments. I mean, I, 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 I'm sure I can. Uh, well, okay, I'm gonna say this one. Not not gonna give full details in here, but we used to have this like musical event at the school where every grade back home the school goes from literally kindergarten till you graduate high school it's all in one school you don't go middle school elementary so from first right. grade to sixth grade we have this musical event where each grade would do a performance and and then we would have judges or whatever it was a lot of fun 
And when I was, I think it, this was fourth grade, if I'm not mistaken, I had an accident in the middle of the stage, right? Nobody noticed, though, because I was dancing. I was still like, oh, pretend nothing happened. But I had an accident, right? And I think that kind of like played a little in my subconscious, you know? But, I, and I'm sure there, there are many other stories. I have to dig a little deeper and find them. But that's the, the first one that comes to mind. But that's great. And I mean, you think about that moment. You think about other moments when you were fearful to, to, to raise your hand or just say anything. You probably snuck off stage like a little scaredy cat. You were terrified. But if you were today, give your younger self advice. You might say something like, hey, it's going to be okay. This isn't the end of the world. Yeah. Or look how it gave you some kind of strength somewhere. Or it taught you how to be a little more mysterious in how you slide off stage. I mean, we can look back and give ourselves advice all day long. It's easy because it happened. We live mm. through it. Even yep. some of the most intense times of our lives. So if we're here today having fear, maybe go ahead five years or three mm. years and give your younger self some advice and say, you're going to get through this. What's the big deal? I like that. I like that. We've been there before. Yeah, I, I, I love that. You know, we, we talked this with Jeff, actually, in the conversation. Kind of like we talked about it from the future pacing yourself to motivate yourself to do something today. And... Mm. Here, you're saying, let's go fast forward five years, right? Imagine who we are in that moment and then come back to the present and tell ourselves it's going to be okay, you know, because what is the worst case scenario, right? And, and usually the worst case scenario is not that bad. We're all here. Mm -hmm. We're all here. We're healthy. We're looking good. We're working. So obviously anything that happened before wasn't that bad yeah i mean if you're at prison you might have that might be a different scenario yeah. but where we are right today in your studio i'm sitting up here in the hollywood hills in california it isn't so bad yeah it doesn't look bad yeah not at all go I mean, for it look at that background you got right there that looks amazing and i'm curious okay so you let's say you started facing your fears right what led you to now i want to teach others how to speak how to think clearly because and, and i'm i'm gonna contextualize this question with our own story we heard you need to publish many times right in the last three years everyone that we look up to they say publish 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 and just in case you didn't hear that publish some more and we were like okay we need to publish and it took us three years to actually get in front of a camera and create some content. We had some nice cameras, nicer cameras, and the light and all that stuff, and we tried to do it all perfect. And at the end, we would never actually put it out there for the world. We later realized that we were using perfectionism as an excuse not to show up, right? Because we're, whatever, afraid of being judged, right? Fear of rejection, you name it. But the more we've done it, right, when finally we decided, let's start publishing, let's be consistent. Right, quality of the message over quality of the production. Then the podcast came up. We have done it now for what nine months, 130 episodes, and now I look back and I'm like, wow, this is so exciting. I I see the growth that has happened in this last year, 
and it really makes me excited because I can see it clearly before and after. And now I want to go back there and help the people that, you know, fit my my before and they want my after, if that makes sense. And now I want to grab them and help them and tell them, this is how you can do it and this is the growth that you can see in yourself, right? What was that experience for you? You know, it's all about sharing the love. It's about inspiring people, mentoring people, as I've been mentored myself. I had a long career as a marketing strategist, and I had many people of all ages working with me, and nothing fulfilled me more than seeing them take ownership and building on what they were learning in that particular job. And it didn't matter if they stayed and grew within the company they were working with, with me yeah. on my team, or if they excelled and went to some other company. It was like a growth for all of us. It was a reflection on the work that I was doing and sharing. And why wouldn't I be proud of somebody to just grow and expand and do amazing yeah. things? And from that experience of mentoring and being mentored myself it's just sharing these wonderful gifts it is so exciting when we're coaching in an ultra speaking fundamentals course or one-on-one -on -one trainings and the transformation of individuals is just like aha moments all over the place that's so inspiring people people freeing themselves up so they could speak and having the worst fears about speaking and confidence. And all of a sudden they're showing up in meetings, they're getting promotions. And it's not like a miracle drug. It's unearthing something we've had in us like Dorothy in the wizard of Oz. She always had the shoes. <laughs> yeah. She could always go home, but she had to go through this whole journey in her head and run into all these scenarios yeah. when she had it with her all along. Yeah. So, so powerful. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so, so many times we just get inside of our heads, right? It, it's just, yeah. it's like a black hole in there. And I remember clearly the second guest that we had in the podcast, Steve Larson, he said, when you start publishing, something incredible happens. It is like you open a can of worms. And that is the exact same feeling that we have experienced in these last nine months. Right, it's like, wow! You start right challenging your own beliefs with your own words. You start discovering emotions that you had, you know, deep inside your your heart or somewhere that maybe you didn't want to show up. Right, and one example was yesterday's episode. Like my brother got pretty vulnerable with George, and I was like, wait, what? I didn't know you were feeling like that, right? And and having the courage to share that out loud into the world. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I see nine months ago, I don't think personally, neither of us would have been able to do anything like that. So I think, honestly, public speaking is such a beautiful thing. It's, it, it's like the self-development on a whole nother level. It is. And our best moments come when we don't expect them. You know, you don't expect the 
You know, maybe you don't expect a surprise party. Maybe you don't expect the engagement. Maybe you don't know, you know, as a couple you're pregnant. I mean, there's so many things where the food tasted better than you imagined. There's surprises everywhere. And if one thing we learned in Zoom land all these months is that perfection, the Instagram, the social media perfection is not real. For most yep. of us, it doesn't exist. Here we are in these conversations with executives, CEOs of companies. Oh, I think it cut off a little bit. CEOs of yeah. companies. Hopefully companies, we can get it. People that work in, different- oh. in my most mo- important moment, I cut off. But the truth <laughs> yeah, is, we we're, got all you. That, that- we're all in Zoom land. We're all in Zoom land. I'm sorry, what? No, no, I was going to say, that was like such a, we uh, were like so excited. Yeah, such a buildup. And then it's like the internet just stopped right there. So you you were saying. And that's part of it. We're in Zoomland. Things happen. The internet cuts out. I, I get cut off in the middle of a sentence. Or there's a CEO of the company who's giving a discussion to his mm-hmm. Uh, employees and his cat crawls over his head or the kid tugs on the the mom and says, Hey mommy, I'm hungry. And you're in the middle of a a very important pitch. If anything about zoom, especially here today, it made us all human. We Mm -hmm. all are in our homes sharing the most personal, personal rooms in our life, scenarios in our life. We're not dressing up. We're not perfect. What's our, we don't have to be anything than just ourselves. Yeah. And this is really humbling. Just think about that. Just think about where that might take us on the other end of this. Because perfection, yeah, that's not, that's, that's too hard. That's hard work and it's stressful. And I don't know that it serves us as much as this is serving us here. Yeah. Having the blackout, having the cat in the room. Yeah, absolutely. We're lighter about it. Yeah, I, I feel it's, it's not relatable anymore. And honestly, I don't even know if it was relatable before either. But I think since people, since that was the only thing that people knew, right, about producing your own content, people wanted to strive there. And now I see it as perfection and just, there's nothing wrong to strive to have your content look nice and all that stuff, right? But you still got to show up authentically. But if all you do is worry about my content not looking perfect, you're just creating and feeding your own insecurity of not showing up consistently. And what you said is so true, especially in this past month that everybody's at home, you get to see the real people. And I am sure that a lot of people have come to their realization that is like, wow, this is way better because now I don't have to pretend to be anybody. I can just be myself and I can still have people listen to my message. That's right. That's right. I mean, I'll tell you a funny story. When I was in probably kindergarten, I used to tear up my artwork. Now, I'm a creative person. I've always been drawing, painting, throwing clay, what have you. I make things. But kindergarten, I'm ripping up my drawings in kindergarten with crayons. I mean, okay, that's intense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's intense. It took me all these years to unpack that. I was striving for something because my little crayon drawing of a flower didn't look perfect. It didn't look like a real flower. Mm. 
I don't know how that happened in my head, but mm. it's been taking me all these years wow. to just say, draw the flower in crayon and find another way to interpret that message. Yeah. And wow. it was okay. Incredible. Mm. So Shelly, today's conversation has been powerful. I, I want to, we always leave the audience with like a, an action point, something that they can do today uh, to to continue the momentum that they got or restart that momentum. What's something, you know, along the things that we've been talking about today, what's something that they can do that can continue that momentum? If you get an opportunity to ride an elephant, get on that <laughs> elephant. Should they... Yes. Should they assume the experience? Should they assume the experience and public speak from the elephant? Right, right. <laughs> well, what bigger stage than Three Ring Circus? Unfortunately, it doesn't exist anymore, but we have Zoom, so we're speaking here today. And you can do it and have fun with it because mm. that's really what it's all about. If we don't enjoy what we're doing, yeah. It's time to really take that leap of faith and try something that you find that you do enjoy doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Where where would you be if you didn't start public speaking? Gee, I don't know. Maybe I would be a sous chef. I'd be baking bread because when, when COVID started, I just started baking bread like nobody's business. <laughs> Well, you're gonna have to oh, send yeah, us some bread. I, I, we love bread. Yeah, Delicious. we love bread. Okay, <laughs> oh, good. good. Send me your address. I'll there send you go. Love. Yes, and maybe when you're visiting your your family members here in Jacksonville, we can all have a yeah. a bread cooking contest. <laughs> I would love that. I would, I would love that. Pam didn't have home. I'm still waiting for it. Yeah, I would definitely <laughs> lose on that one. <laughs> Uh, where, where can people find you? Where can people connect with you if they're interested in learning a, a little bit about my, more about you, about what you do, about learning from you? Oh, great. Uh, LinkedIn is great. I'm Shelly Goldstein, and my background is a picture of mock duck. You can believe that. So I stand up just a little bit so you can find me. <laughs> Love you it. can find me at ultraspeaking.com. Just send an email over to them, and you know we'll hang out and talk and You'll get to experience how to learn to speak through games Ooh. and make it fun. Yeah. That does sound a lot of fun. So, fun fact, my brother and I, we were part of this group, uh, group, group this <laughs> group. Um, I, I was thinking about about crepes, and so I was like, group wow. and crepes, and I'm hungry. Wow. Okay. So, whatever. <laughs> we were part of this group called Leadership Jacksonville, and we do a yeah. lot of games. It's just like... Team building activities is great. And one of the activities was actually about speaking. It was a lot of fun because they would pair you with somebody that you didn't know. You had no, not, you didn't know anything about them. Yeah. And you had like 10 minutes to pretty much dig as deep as you can and get to know them as much as you can. And then you have to stand up and introduce them to everybody with a story. So you have to create a, a, a entire kind of like fictional story that would describe and introduce your partner it was so much fun that sounds fun, so man. i'm sure your games are as fun as that so <laughs> i want to encourage yeah. everybody to go to ultraspeaking.com right now and check it out because i mean just from listening to this interview i can tell how 
you know how well spoken you are your pauses sometimes you left us hanging there like where is it i'm so excited what's what's the punchline here what's gonna come so thank you so much it was amazing yeah shelly thank you we are extremely thankful we got connected uh through potmax and uh Incredible! I want to go where you are right now. Just go climb a little bit of that that hill here because we we don't we miss the mountains in, in oh, Florida, yeah. uh, and it has been a, a pleasure. So, with that being said, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Content Profit Podcast. Go ahead and subscribe, hit smash that subscribe button, and follow us on social media at Base Brosco. That is right. And if you find this episode impactful and now you want to take on the world of public speaking, please don't forget to share it and and. Leave a five-star review. Thank you. Thank you, guys.